What up, y'all? It's DJ Envy. And I am Gia Casey. And this is another edition of the Casey Crew. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Happy Hanukkah or whatever you're celebrating. That's right. Enjoy. Well, this is vacation time, so enjoy your little vacation if you have a vacation. Yes, you're off from work. Yes, I'm off from work. Yay. And if you don't know, if you follow us, you know that we do the 12 days of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't know what the 12 days of Christmas, if, if you don't follow us on social media, just tell the people what it is. Well, he began a tradition not too long ago where for 12 days up to and including Christmas Day, he gifts me a different present. And what's so remarkable about the tradition is that he pays so much attention to my likes and things that I may mention throughout the year. And he kind of stores it in his mental Rolodex and he pulls out those cards right around the holiday season. And every day he leaves a note or a card on my pillow with a little cheesy poem. Beautifully cheesy, though. Right. <laughs> Beautifully cheesy. And um, because he does a morning show every day, he's not there. So I wake up by myself or with a couple of kids in my bed. And the first thing that I do is look to the pillow next to me pull out the card and read it and it gives a hint or a clue or sometimes it's um, instructions to a scavenger hunt or something like that and I run down to the tree or I follow the instructions and there's some kind of present waiting for me and it's so crazy because it's like wow you remember that I even halfway mentioned this eight months ago or Mm -hmm. you remembered that I just made a comment like, oh, those shoes are dope while I was thumbing through a catalog or something like that. And it's really, really impressive. But like I've said before, when Mm -hmm. it comes to this tradition, it's not necessarily the gift. It's the thought, the effort, the time that you put into it that really makes my heart smile and that makes me fall in love with you even more every time I open a different gift. Like one of the gifts was... um, He was actually away in Memphis, and when he landed, he had already given me part one earlier in the day, and when he landed in Memphis, there, um, he sent me a text message, and in the text message was instructions to a scavenger hunt, and I followed the instructions, and when I wound up to the final destination, I opened a box that was filled with all of my favorite beauty products. And how you figured that out? <laughs> well, some of the things I know you probably just rummaged through my makeup drawer. Right. But, you know, to go to Sephora and, you know, pull a couple of sales associates aside and ask, you know, what's your best flat iron? What's your best bronzer? What's your best highlighter? What's mm-hmm. your best eyeliner? You know, to sit there and do that, the time that it took is what really impresses me because I mean I could have gone there and did all of that in 20 minutes flat but you had to have been in that store for about an hour so you know that's really what makes me happy when it comes to this to this tradition well you know the cool thing is about about it is that I, I love buying stuff I love shopping and what makes it of course I like nice things I think everybody likes nice things but I think the dope part about it is I like to see you and the kids just get things that are just cool that you weren't thinking about like I, I might hear you talk about something and I'm like I just put make a mental note and be like okay that's I'm gonna get that later on or same thing with, with you know our son Logan he's 13 years old and the other day he was like that he was like you know um, we went to 7-Eleven and he wanted the uh, it was like these little bottle cap 
candies that he likes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right. And they didn't have it. So the next day I was on my way home, I pulled over to get some gas and they had it. So I bought it for him because I like to do special things like that. I like to remember the type of bag you said you like or remember the type of uh, shoes or sneakers that you said was dope or, or the jacket that you said, oh, that jacket's hot. And I just like to save and get it because those are the things that make me happy, especially on the holidays. Because mm-hmm. it's always about giving back and and supporting and making your family members and everybody happy. So I enjoy doing that. That makes me really happy. Makes um, me happy too. Yeah, I bet, I bet it does. <laughs> Another thing that we're doing, which I'm excited about, is we're doing a live show. Oh, yes. It's going down February 13th. Mm-hmm. So right around Valentine's Day. So it's date night. It's at Caroline. So if you want more information, you can just hit up Caroline's uh, website, which is www.carolines.com. And uh, we're going to be doing our podcast live it's going to be called the love and laugh edition that's right so we have some comedians coming as well so we're going to do our podcast live we'll be taking live questions from the audience live questions so you guys will be part of the actual show so it should be a lot of fun so definitely if you're interested interested in going it's valentine's day fellas take your woman well day before valentine's day come over that's right females take your man your fiance it's drag his ass out we're it's gonna have gonna a lot fun. of fun we're gonna have it's food gonna be fun. we're gonna have drinks again www.carolines.com come on out we'll have a good time and we'll talk about everything the good the bad and the ugly yes all right now um starting this show i told a story about maybe a month ago about madison which is our oldest daughter she's 15 just turned 15 recently mm-hmm and um, during football season in the school, they would have these things called outs, and meaning out like it would be a green out. Mm-hmm. And the school's team is green, so they would paint their face green, and everybody would wear green, and they would call it a green out, and they would mm-hmm. go to the game wearing green. Mm-hmm. Then uh, they would do a white out. Mm-hmm. All the kids would wear, dress up in all white and paint their faces white and go to the game and, and you know support the school football team. Right, school spirit. And they were going to do a blackout. Mm-hmm. And I guess when the school realized that the kids would be painting their faces black. Right. They banned the blackout because they thought it would be disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And one of the girls that Madison knew or sat at the same at Madison's lunch table said, uh, you know, we're not going to do the blackout because of stupid black people. Right, because she wanted to do the, the blackout. blackout. So that was the comment that she made. And Madison was really hurt and offended by it. Yes. Madison is particularly observant and sensitive. Right. Not overly sensitive, but sensitive to anything that's racially disrespectful, right. regardless of which way it goes, whether it's against her race or against another race. Mm-hmm. She's very passionate about racism. Right. So she was terribly hurt and offended. Hurt to to the degree that when she came home and told me about it, I was a little surprised. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, clearly that I can understand that you're bothered, that you're frustrated, that you have a strong opinion about it, but why are you hurt? Why are you hurt? Why are your feelings hurt? Right. And I think a large part of it stems from the fact that she's one of maybe four or five black children 
in her school. Correct. So I think that she feels as though she's somewhat on an island mm-hmm. and she's taking all of the hits for the team whenever right. something a little awry is said mm-hmm. regarding race or anything like that. So I think that that is where a lot of her hurt lied. Right. So now she argued with this girl. Yes. Because she confronted the girl and told the girl how she felt. Mm-hmm. And um, her and the girl went back and forth. Right. So now you were telling me a story after that. Now, what happened after that? Because the reason we're talking about this is I want to talk about a little bit. You know, we talk about our relationship a lot. And sometimes we talk about parenting. But this is such a big topic as far as, especially with Donald Trump in office, it's big as far as bullying, uh, racism, uh, and some, and things along that line. So just continue the, the, the story. Um, so she got home and she told me the story and she told me that she confronted the girl right. and told the girl how she felt. Mm-hmm. And ultimately the girl said, I'm not a racist. I didn't mean it that way. I have black friends. I have black friends. Did she say that for real? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she said, I'm not a racist mm-hmm. and I don't feel that way. Um, that's just what came out, but that wasn't the intention behind it. And Madison's response was, well, what other intention could possibly be behind it other than what was implied by what you said? Absolutely. And the way that you said it. She said, obviously, you didn't really take into into account that there was a black person sitting at your lunch table. It just came out so naturally. And Madison asked me what that meant. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of times when someone says something especially that's rooted in racism so freely it means that that's how they talk right most of the time that's how they talk in their home that's how they talk when they're around their friends Mm -hmm. it's a serious indication of the fiber of a person right and i believe that this girl who And again, Madison just turned 15 last month. So this girl who's the same age, I believe that that's probably how things are talked about in her home Mm -hmm. because you don't usually come up with those type of feelings and that type of disposition organically. Mm -hmm. When you're that age, you usually learn it from somewhere, somehow. So I told her that while... She probably doesn't look at herself as a racist. Um, She has, or more than likely has, racist roots because of how her family probably talks about world issues and Mm -hmm. life issues and things that are going on in the media, etc. So we had to kind of tackle why the girl is probably like that. And don't get me wrong, I don't think that the girl hates black people right or hates or maybe even dislikes people from other races i just think that this is probably part of her daily dialogue okay and it's been made to seem okay and she's comfortable in that Mm -hmm. so anyway madison asked me how should she handle it well i said to her how does the girl make you feel right um do you believe that because i mean there was some 
some sort of I'm sorry, but it was kind of like a backhanded sorry. Well, it's like, well, I'm sorry if you were offended by what I said. Right. Which isn't really an apology. So I asked Madison how she felt about that and where she stood. Does she want to even consider continuing any kind of relationship with this girl? Because I don't always want to preach to her and tell her what she should do and what she should think. And I mean, I do do that, but I usually start by getting a feel or a sense of who she is and where she's coming from and what she wants to do. And then based on that information that she gives me, I try to mold that based on what I think is right and what I think is reasonable and what I think is okay. So she told me that she flat out did not want to be the girl's friend anymore. She never wanted to speak to her again. She didn't want to have anything to do with her. And if she could, she would change her lunch table. Okay. And I said, well, that's fair if that's how you feel. So the girl called her or Snapchatted her initially. Mm -hmm. And they got into it. Now, they've gotten into it before via text. I remember. And the girl is very flippant. She's very Very flippant. What the hell does that mean? Um, How would I explain? She's very curt. Like, she's very short Uh with her answers. And she's sarcastic. Okay. And she acts as though she doesn't care. Okay. As though there's no depth there whatsoever. So her responses are like, oh, well. Or... Well, if that bothers you, there's nothing more than I that I can say about it. So, you know, or uh, you're just being you're 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 just overreacting. So, gotcha. You know, so they went back and forth, and it you know Madison was asking me how to advise her regarding the texts. Okay, and it got to a point where the girl began a series of nasty texts, where now the whole vibe is changing. It's not just sarcastic. Now it's escalating. So it got to a point where it began to escalate. And at one point she called Madison a little bitch. Mm. Okay, well now you're just acting like a little bitch. And Madison showed me and she said, okay, well what, how should I respond? I said, well, how do you want to respond? And she wanted to respond very nastily. And I said, no, 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 no. That's not what you do. And she said, why not? She was just nasty to me. I said, well, let her be nasty for nasty's sake. That has nothing to do with you. Right. You never let someone else's actions dictate what your actions aren't going, are going to be. Mm-hmm. You don't react. You act. You do what is right for you. And that conveys how you feel and what your emotions are. You don't react to what she said because then your reaction defines you, which means that she defines you. Right. So she said to me, well, then what should I say? And I said, well, you let her know that her calling you a bitch is below par. And she's using that word because she didn't have another way of expressing her feelings because her vocabulary was limited. Okay. And that's what she said. Well, if that's the best that you can do to describe how you feel about me, then this conversation is over. Then I'll be a bitch. That's fine. But you're not going to find that I'm going to refer you to you as a bitch. See, but you know, not to cut you off, 
But I feel like kids nowadays are soft. I feel like kids are weak. And I feel like kids are very emotional. And the reason I see this is I, I think kids are really, I don't want to say suckers, but they're suckers. I think they're built and they're raised to be suckers with so much, what's the word that I'm looking for? Everything seems like it's so tender when it comes to kids. Oh, you can't say that or you get suspended. Oh, you can't do that or you get suspended. I think kids need to get punched in the face. What are you talking about? I'm going to tell you, right? Kids need to get punched in the face? I'm going to tell you. When I was a kid and I was uh, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, there's a lot of people out there listening like, you're right. You know why I wouldn't call somebody else a bitch? Because oh, if I, I called them, If going. I called them a bitch the next day in school... I had to fight that person the next day. Mm -hmm. So I would use my words very, very smartly mm -hmm. because I knew I might have wanted to get my point across, but I knew if I said the wrong thing, I'm going to get in a fight the next day. Right. But now I feel like kids know that, oh, there is going to be no fighting because everybody's going to get suspended. There is going to be no fighting because there's no that no bully rule. And that makes a lot of kids soft because now it's like well I can say whatever I want to say to you and you can't put your hands on me bullshit right you know what when that girl so you think you think that it's okay for kids to duke it out yes <laughs> what yes no I'm gonna tell you why because no. when you duke it out like that or when you uh, are fearful of the duke out you watch what you say like nowadays people say whatever they want on social media they say whatever they want on Snapchat on Twitter on Instagram you know why because people are I'll never see that person or that person won't do anything to me because I'll sue right I knew as a kid one thing one thing my dad told me is if you offend somebody bad you have to be careful because you never want them to approach you on it like for instance, as a man, you should never tell a man. You should never invite a man to your genitals. It's very disrespectful. You don't tell a man suck my dick. If you say yo suck my dick, I mean I'm being honest. If you say that to a man, when you see him, put your hands up because you're gonna fight. So I never say that to somebody unless I want to take it there. Mm -hmm. So now these girls go back and forth. Oh, you little bitch. Uh, you know, ooh, ooh, ooh. because I think kids are so sensitive and they get to a point where it's like you really want to be like man up with our kids. I remember our kids getting into an argument on the school bus and us teaching our kids how to diss. Right. Oh, if somebody says that, you got to say this back because that's what that's how we right. Grew up. There was a full out lesson on how to verbally defend yourself if somebody comes at you, right? Because they aren't from, they're not from a lifestyle where they learn that because of their environment. Growing up, we learned that because of where we were from. Because if you are, if you made fun of somebody as a kid, it was a joke. Now, if you make some fun of somebody, you're bullying. But it, whether it was bullying or a joke when we were kids, we knew how to defend ourselves because it was part of our environment. No, but exactly and because you, you didn't cry. lived it and you, you didn't saw cry it and you didn't and go you... to the teacher and you didn't say I was being bullied. I was called metal mouth because I had braces. I was called four eyes because I had glasses. I was called shrimp because I was short. I was called big nose because my nose was big as a kid. I was called so many different things. Mm -hmm. Turtle because it took me so long to even have a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. I was called all these things all day long. 
<laughs> I never went to my mother, dad. It was like, they bullying me. I never went to my principal and said, they bullying me. You know what I did? I said, all right, next time they say something, I'm going to say this back. And I went home at night and I wrote down everything that I could possibly say about <laughs> everybody. And the next day at school, when somebody said something to me, I'd be like, a word? Hold on, let me pull out my cheat sheet. Let's pull out my cheat sheet. I memorized it. I'm like, word? You must have a cavity. What? What? Because your breath stink. Go get your breath. St- I-, I would say all types of stuff. And then if I didn't, if I couldn't think of anything, you know what I would say? What? Your mother. <laughs> but that's what it was. Ooh, anything but that. Yeah, because people be bad about that. <laughs> but that's what it was. You know, Don't so hit him with that one, Rashawn. So back to, to Madison, it's like, I want to be like, man up. For her to be, for her to man up? Yeah, she say a little bit, little, you a little bit, your mother. Hold on, hold on. So you think that that's how she, sh- how she should respond? Yes. No. Yes. No. You say something nasty to me, no. I say something nasty to me, I say nothing nasty to you. And now I'm trying to hurt you. I'm going to say something no. that hurts you. If you're short, I'm going to say that's why you're never going to grow. <laughs> okay. Because I'll say some other stuff, but I don't want to say it. But I will go, die, go deep. Well, that's your opinion. My opinion is... That's why your mother drives a Hyundai. I would say all types of crazy stuff. <laughs> you sound crazy, Rashad. I, I mean, I would just throw all types of stuff out there. You sound crazy. That's why your mom wealthy. I would say all types of crazy stuff. Rashawn. I mean, that's what I would say. I would try to get disrespectful. I would want to hurt your feelings. That's why you eat government cheese. I would be all over the place. You know... See, you're. I don't know. I That's why your mama I, got the cheap toilet paper. I would say all types I of shit. I disagree with the you. toilet paper that hurt your ass when you. I would say all. That's me. No, I absolutely. What, but you got to think. I grew up in Queens. Disagree. And no, that's what I know. We did I know. I know where you're coming from. And everything right now has to be. Shout out to anybody that drives a Hyundai. I was joking, but guys. <laughs> everything has to be very socially acceptable. Whereas when See, we were younger, F that socially acceptable. there wasn't that standard. Who cares about, oh, you're going to be socially acceptable. You can't say that. F that. But that's not, even, but that's not even where I'm coming from. That's it's not about, so for me, it's now. not about being socially acceptable. For me, it's about living right and doing right. And doing that from a young age and having that pave the way that you handle adults, handle situations with adults as you get older. So for me, when Madison gets into and even Logan, when, you know, this becomes part of, you know, maybe something that he goes through. I think that for Madison, you never do something that puts you in a corner you never say something that someone can turn around and say well she said that if she calls you a bitch and then you turn around and call her a bitch and then put some extra sauce on it if it ever goes to a teacher or a principal or a parent or the jury of friends she can always whip out her phone and say well look she called me a bitch and said that Etc. Who cares? My point is, my point is, then Madison looks just as bad as the girl that started it. At that point, it's convoluted. It doesn't even matter that the girl started with her. It doesn't matter that the girl said something that was racist. None of that matters because now it just looks like bickering and beef going back and forth between two girls that are 
equally as nasty to no, one another. I want to hurt your feelings. That's what I want to do. I want to That hurt your shouldn't feelings. be your interest. Your interest should be, your interest should lie in doing the right thing and getting your point across and then closing the book. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be about hurting her feelings. Why not? You try to hurt my feelings. Not because you have to, to be feelings, stronger than that. I want to And you have you to more. be better than that. See, the way that you're going about it is petty and juvenile in a lot of ways. You it's very me, sophomoric. You call it's me a, a bitch. You know what I got to return? I'll be like, word. Well, your mom is a slut and you're going to be just like her when you grow up. Really? That's your... See, uh, <laughs> you felt that. Like, you was like, ooh. Like, you just felt that. That's the pain I want you to have. Now I can walk home. But that's ignorant. You're right. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm that's saying ignorant. Not, I'm not saying it's not. What's wrong with that? Sometimes it's you gotta ignorant. be ignorant. No. Well, there are times that Sometimes you probably you do have to be ignorant, but this isn't one of them. Or, and when you're teaching your children how to deal with other children or other teenagers, that's not the book that you want to teach them from. You want to teach them from the book of doing the right thing. I don't ever, as an adult, as an adult, there are just certain codes that I live by. If I have something that I feel about you, if I'm going to say it when you're not there, be damn straight that when you're in my face, I'm going to have the same chutzpah to say it in front of you. Right. And I grill that into Madison in particular. Logan's not really having these types of problems you know why? at this point. Do you know why? Because Logan will punch somebody in their face. Because Logan will punch somebody in the face and they know that. Going. And that's the whole thing. That's And that's my point exactly. That's all If well you say good. something disrespectful to Logan, you know Logan might put hands on you. So you know what? You're not going to say it. You might think it. You might say it behind his back. But you won't say it to his face because he'll put hands on you. But at the same time, you can't encourage our teenage girl to put hands on somebody. I'm not saying put hands on somebody, but scare the shit out of him. And how would she scare? How, how, how would she execute that? How? Mm-hmm. Because if you say something smart to me, like if, you, if, I, if I say something disrespectful to you and you say something disrespectful back, nine times out of ten people will be like, <gasps> because they're so used to being nasty to people. And then when you're nasty back, they're like, <gasps> I don't want to do that. Well, this is that's been, how people are. This has been my experience with her, and I'm not. And, and dad is like that to this day. The other day when we were in the club, and somebody said something, and what I did. I was ready to drag him around a club. But you're an adult, and I don't have to agree with how you handle things as an adult. But when it comes to our children, we have to agree on how we mentor them and no, the examples we that we agree. sent that we set for them. No, I mean what we you, do have to agree. What you say is usually ninety percent right, but you know I, I just look at it differently. I'm I'm from Queens, right? Being from Queens is either you swim or you sink. I'm from the I same place. That, hey. I mean, I'm from Brooklyn. I'm from Queens. Exactly, but our and kids are not, so they can they can sink in daddy. And, and pull we're up. we're both pulling from the same school of thought, but what you pull out of that and where you end up, you know, that's two totally different things. So, what do you advise people well, out there to do? Well, if, it's not even. My opinion is that. When it comes to Madison, now this isn't the first time that she's had some type of issue. Right. And it's always over text. It seems as though nobody's really brave enough to pick up the phone and say these things to you. They spend spend time. No, it's on social media. They spend time constructing these texts and then they hit send. P.S. I got a pimple over here. I need you and, to pop. No, that's okay. And then, okay, maybe like later. My pimples. Can you stop that? You're distracting I'm me. Sorry. Go ahead. 
Okay, so with Madison, this isn't the first time that something like this has happened. It's not the first time that she's come to me and showed me her phone and said, this is a problem that I'm having right now and this is how I'm being spoken to. Um, And what I realize is these kids are, and I agree with you on that, they're so incredibly nasty to one another. And it gets to, it's gotten to a point where I've just had to take Madison's phone Mm -hmm. and a little girl might not realize like, okay, I'm not arguing with Madison right now. Now I'm going back and forth with her mother. And and then little girls probably gave her mother the phone and there's two mothers arguing back and forth. (laughs) Quite possibly. Quite possibly. Because, okay. So with Madison, what I'm realizing is that the girls in her age range are so utterly disrespectful Mm -hmm. to one another the way they talk to each other when there's a disagreement or when there's a problem between different cliques and the way that this person can be ousted from a clique and this one can be pulled into a clique, all depending on random girls' moods and, you know, situations that arise. It's crazy. And I find that a lot of girls in this age range are going through the mean girl syndrome and popularity is a big part of that. Mm-hmm. And other girls are victims of it. And why that's a problem is because the mean girl syndrome can affect people for the rest of their lives. I know grown women whose personalities and whose insecurities have been framed based on their high school experience, Mm -hmm. how other girls treated them, how they were ousted from different groups, how they weren't included, they weren't invited to things, they they didn't have any friends or they did have friends and they talked about them behind their backs or they were backstabbers or they made fun of how they looked or how they dressed or their ability to get boys or the fact that boys weren't interested in them or all of these things. And then it's, you know, you leave high school, you go into college and you continue on with the foundation of these insecurities and they just grow and manifest and then you carry that on into your adult life when you know you look back and you realize wow a lot of my insecurities are rooted in the way that I was treated when I was in high school and I think a big part of it is because girls are girls Mm -hmm. and at that point Girls want to be popular. Girls want to be liked by boys. Girls are trying to figure out themselves. They're trying to figure out who they are and their place in this world and their place within different relationships. Also, their hormones are changing. There's a whole lot. There's a lot of things going on in that pot, you know, and it's a horrible, horrible, horrible experience for many. And I remember being in high school and sitting at the lunch table and not really once I transferred to your high school because when Mm -hmm. I transferred to your high school that was a much nicer group of kids Okay, but my first high school was an all girls Catholic high school and I couldn't wait to transfer Mm. and it wasn't necessarily because of a friend situation it was because 
even if I wasn't a victim of any of this, or even if I didn't have any problems or any beefs or anything like that, I just remember sitting at the cafeteria table and girl A, girl B, and girl C would be sitting across from me and they'd be talking about girl D. And as soon as girl D came in, it was like, hi, girl D. Hey, oh, you look great. I love your hair. Oh, I love what you did with your uniform today and Mm -hmm. how you, you know, rolled up your skirt. And then girl A would leave. And then girl B, C, and D are talking about girl A. And then I just remember sitting there witnessing this and thinking to myself, this is complete BS. Mm -hmm. These aren't real friendships. There's no trust. There's no loyalty. There's no nothing. And I just think that's a growing pain for a lot of girls. So with Madison, my solution isn't, okay, you have to punch somebody in the face or you have to really hurt their feelings. My solution for her is, and it's partially because a lot of these girls, it's not just with Madison, it happens amongst themselves as well. So she might have a girl A and a girl B and they're doing the same thing to each other. And Madison comes home and she tells me all about it, all the details and whatnot. And two weeks later, girl A and girl B are best friends again. Right. So I tell Madison, if you find out that someone talks badly about you behind your back, I mean, and now, forget about it, with screenshots, mm-hmm. people are like, oh... Girl C talked about you and here's a screenshot to show it, you know, so now there's proof and evidence and all this stuff. So I've said to her, if you find out that someone's being disrespectful towards you, if you care about them enough, you let them know. If you don't care about them enough, you just put them on ice. Right. You don't speak to them. You don't talk to them. If they confront you and they ask you why, you tell them the damn truth. I don't like you because you're two-faced, because you're a liar, because you hung out with me and uh, on Monday and Tuesday, and then on Wednesday and Thursday, you hung out with so-and-so, and you talked badly about me behind my back. Right. So we're not friends. Don't speak to me. Don't smile at me. Don't ask me to borrow my homework. Period. And she's done that. And what I realize has been a result of that is that these girls, each and every single one of them, let's say she's had four or five incidents in the past two years. Mm-hmm. Each one of these girls have come back to her and apologized, each one of them, right. and asked to regain her friendship. And she might say, okay, if she believes that their apology is humbled and heartfelt and meaningful. And there's others that she said, no. No. I don't really buy it. Mm -hmm. And I had a long conversation with her about forgiveness. And she said to me, well, why do I have to forgive if someone did something so wrong to me? Right. And I told her that if you want to be forgiven, ultimately by your Lord and Savior, you have to have the capacity to forgive others. I get it. And... We had a very long conversation where I had to open up to her about a lot of different things so that she can understand that someone that she looks at as strong, her mother, Mm -hmm. me, has the capacity to forgive. And she took that example and I said, you don't really have a choice. Do you believe in God? And she said, yes. And I said, then you don't have a choice. You don't have a choice to forgive. You have a choice, you know, how you want that person to exist in your life from right. this point forward. But you really do have to let go of what they did. 
and you have to if they say hello you can at least say hello that can be the space that they exist in in your life but with her it's all about leading by example Mm -hmm. you know and she looks at what I do and how I act and I really try to mentor her and I don't try to mentor her with negativity everything that I try to teach her comes from a good place and I find that now she's gaining a lot of respect from her peers because she's looked at as the one that doesn't put up with anybody's nonsense Mm. like you're not going to talk about me and then apologize and then we're going to be best friends in two weeks that's not going to happen like you're not just going to be able to get away with it like girls at this age have to stand their ground and they have to assert themselves and I said to her you know it's better that you have one or two good friends that you can really trust than a clique of 10 girls that are all backstabbers and nasty and have no idea what the word friendship means I said because at this age these girls don't have any idea what friendship means They don't know what it means to be a friend. All they want to do is fit in. And I said, you're far better standing out than fitting in. So don't worry about popularity. Don't worry about who likes you. Don't worry about what you're doing on the weekends. I said, mommy will make sure that you have fun and that you're doing something, whether it be with me, whether it be with the whole family, whether I have to carve something out of nothing you're going to enjoy your weekends don't worry about your free time because the last thing that I want is for you to spend time with people that don't genuinely care about you right even if you have to be off on an island by yourself and she took that in and she accepted that and I really think she digested it okay well I think I think that was great advice coming from you I think mine would have been a little better really yeah better better in what vein um. Sometimes I think this is a very cold world, and I think sometimes to gain respect, you have to really put people in their place. Sometimes, and sometimes by saying, "You know what? Well, don't ever look in my direction anymore, and I'm not going to be your friend." I'm like, "Bitch, shut the fuck up." So you'd rather her sink to someone else's level, not every and, time, and, and be and, and, and be that. cut from the same cloth as that. That's who you want your daughter to be. No, but every once in a while, you got to put a bitch in a place. I'm just surprised that... You act like you don't put a bitch in her place every once in a while. There's a way to put somebody in their place. And you do it classy. And that's the way that it needs to be done, no matter what age. And especially for females. You know, you have to carry yourself a certain way. And you want to be looked at... No, absolutely. As a lady, there is a way to tell somebody how you feel and what you think without using profanities, without calling them out of their name. You can tell somebody what they did and how that makes them look and how that describes them as a person. And I think that that can cut equally as deep without insulting them or, you know, where their mama buys their food. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's just... That's not what you teach a child. You teach a child from, you know, from up here, not from yeah. down here. I, I get what you're saying. Sometimes I distinctly got to put a bitch in a place. That's what you're walking away with. Like, that's what you're leaving this conversation with? I mean, that's that's how you feel. I, I just feel differently. I feel like sometimes you put a bitch in a place, sh- shut the bitch up. That's how I feel. 
I don't have any words for you because, like, what? I can't leave you alone alone with our kids. I can't tell our kids that they can come to you for advice now. That's some good advice. No, your advice is actually you, pretty disappointing. You look one way, I look another way. That doesn't mean mine is bad. That's how I was raised. I was but, raised. But what I just said you, is, you can you put somebody in their place, but it doesn't have to be by cursing them out. I, I understand what you're saying. Because I mean, truthfully, saying. the way that Madison responded in these texts, it did cut deep. And you, I mean, I'm not going to go through what the dialogue was, right. but you can tell that the girl was heartfully offended and she came back and apologized and realized, I don't want Madison as my enemy. You know, it, as did all the girls that I mentioned before, mm-hmm. they came back and apologized because they realized I'm not dealing with somebody that I can just do this to like this girl. I can't walk all over her. Right. I can't walk all over. I can't do what is typically par for the course when it comes to my friendships. Like this girl, I got to watch what I say. I have to watch what I do with. I can't just, you know, run all over her and think it's going to be okay. Right. And I told Matt, I'm like, you have to be that exception to the rule. You can't just allow this like all the other girls allow it because they just think that it's part of high school behavior. I'm like, you have to stand out and be strong, even if it means that you're not going to have any friends. And that's what she walked away with. Okay. Well, if she walked away with that and and she dealt with it in a positive way, I think that was a great thing. Okay, good. All right. Well, now let's get to the email of the week. All right. Email of the week. Hey, DJ Envy and Gear. Before I get to my question, I'd like to say I love the podcast. I think you two are very refreshing and real. My question for you two is about marriage, specifically step families. I know you two have been together for a while, but my one year anniversary was three months ago. And thus, I am new to the step step parent game. Long story short, I don't get along with the stepkids. I've argued with my stepdaughter and had to wrestle and put my stepson out the house on a few occasions. Wow. This has put a huge strain on everything going on in the house. But more importantly, it's put a strain on the marriage. I love my wife, but I do have thoughts of walking away from the marriage because the kids get on my damn nerves. They're disrespectful of me and to both of their birth parents and spoiled as hell. I'm always chill, so I came in the door as the cool stepdad, but because of the beefs, I've given them the mean stepdad as well and everything in between. Now we're like strangers. I don't speak, and neither do they unless they need something. At this point, I'm seriously considering divorce just to get away from them. I could go on and on and on, but out of respect, I won't. (laughs) Please share your thoughts. Thanks in advance. He has no name. That's a bad situation. So what do you think? I'm actually interested in what you think about this. Um, hmm. Truthfully, I mean, there's nothing you can do. I mean, you can't let the children rule or ruin your relationship. I mean, they're not your kids. You try to be there as much as you can. And if they don't listen or they don't respond, excuse my French, but fuck them. Come on. What? I just what I mean I, I am you ha- okay I'm Can married I, to you you have to I'm be I'm smashing the mom if the kids can't respect because look the step kids nine times out of ten will, will, will never respect the stepdad because they're on the low they're mad that you're there and their real dad is not there 
So they will never have full love for you. That's the honesty. And if their dad is in their life and doing things, they just will not respect you. It's going to happen. And it's going to be hard to gain that respect because you you really can't put hands on them because they're not your children. You really can't scream or yell at them because they're not your children. You just kind of got to ignore them. Hey, this is just just another dude living in the crib. Hey, another female living in the crib. I smash your mom. I knock off your mom. Your mom is giving me fellatio. Hey, take it, sit with it, live with it. That's what I would say. You don't agree? You're just disappointing me today, honestly. What? Like, I... You're what? Just, I'm not gonna fight no. with this little bastard that wanna wrestle me. No, 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 no. This miles. I pay the bills. You no, wanna no, wrestle me? No, what you're saying is like just you're just today. You're being very simple. Simple? How? Yeah. Why? How? No, why? today. Why? Today, why? I don't know like what's in the air today, but you're like you're being very simple. Like your responses are very simple. I need you to sit back and I need you to really think about what you're saying before you say These it. These two little bastards are in the house that I pay the bills for and you're going to try to disrespect me? Either I kick you out or I ignore you. I can't put hands on you because you're not my children. So if, if my wife won't say nothing to you, I have to learn to be happy to ignore you. Okay, so that isn't the answer. And you know that with an answer like that, you're not going anywhere but downward. Why? Because there's no solution in that. Yes. Living in a ignore living you in a house. You turn eighteen no, and go to college. Living in a house and ignoring everyone that lives there except for the mother that how did you put it that you're smashing? And that's giving me fellatio. Right. Okay. <sighs> right. If that is your focus and that's all that you're interested in and you're not interested in being a family, then why is there a marriage? But I can't be a family. The mom should be talking to her children about then that's but what it seems Then that's what this conversation that we're having about not. what we think should go on at this point. Like, that's what should we, we should be talking but about. Obviously, that mom, should be the advice. Obviously, not, the mom has no control. She just said that. Well, he, then the advice should be that she needs to find a way to gain control. If she lost the way control, that she, you're advising is completely like, all right, let me just be complacent with what's going on. Let me get everything that I can get out of this to satisfy me and my needs and make me happy. Let me ignore them and pretend that they're not there. Actually, let me just make myself absent from the house when they're there. Let the mom deal with it because it's their kids. Like that's just a very simple answer. That, that's is. not even an answer, actually. No, it is a simple answer, but. You you gotta understand if he said that the mom and dad they don't dis- they don't respect the the birth parents regardless so that means they lost respect a long time ago and the parents lost control so then the advice Losing should be control. about trying to gain it back you can't, it's hard to gain control back but when it's, you lost it's it. not it's not impossible it, it pretty much is when it comes to kids well no not necessarily um especially older kids because you can't beat them what what you and I both know we're, you're we're, not going to gain control by saying, look, little Timmy. No, it's not going to be a look, little Timmy. That's not what I'm getting little at. Little Timmy, listen to me. If you don't listen to That's me. That's not what I'm getting you'll at. You get no gravy with your uh, rice. That's not going to work. What I'm getting at is. You put hands on that girl. Put If the mom put hands on a girl or the mom put hands on that boy, before, they were respect. Well, it sounds like they're teenagers now and they're well past the stage where you can put hands on them. Why? 
Your mom put hands on you until you at what age? 12. Okay. <laughs> That's probably, pretty old. Probably 11 or 12, and, I would and, say. And you respected your mom. I why? probably got my last, what she called, assin. Probably, what'd you say? And why was that? Because you knew if you disrespected your mom, she would put you put hands all over you. Yeah. Okay. But that's that's a different topic, you know. That's a topic about disciplining children. These kids need to be disciplined. They possibly needed to be disciplined when they were younger. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't want to talk about different methods of discipline because that's a completely different topic. Okay. But in this situation, it seems as though they're well past that. And as parents and he as a step parent, they need to figure out ways to discipline the children or the teenagers in a way that is going to garner a response. If you stop, if you cut off some of their necessities, then you may get their attention. If Nope, they'll hate you more. But you cut off their money? F him. You baby. And that's fine. It, it doesn't matter if they hate you or not, because when it comes to love, hate, how I feel about you, we're family. So we may go through those emotions. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, what's important is, are you getting the result that is necessary for this house to function and for us to function as a family? Are you relaying the groundwork because it was laid improperly when they were younger? So he and his wife, in my opinion, need to come together and start to rebuild. They need to come up with a game plan together. How are they going to rebuild when they already lost control? You have to regain control. And with teenagers, a lot of the time, you can't do it just by having a simple conversation. Because teenagers know everything. They're already in their feelings. Right. But if I cut off your money... If I cut off your cell phone, if I disallow you from doing a lot of the things that you, you like to you. do, they and I said before, it's okay mm. if they hate you, if you're putting them on the path to get to where they need to be as proper teenagers. And, you know, nobody's expecting to have perfect teenagers, but you should have somewhat proper teenagers where at the very least they respect you and they follow your rules. Not to say that they won't falter, but they have to have a certain level of respect in the house. He seemed like, based on what he said, he came in and he was like, chill stepdad. You know, he seemed like he came in like a cool guy. Right. And maybe they do resent him from being there. Maybe they don't. I don't know what their particular situation is, Mm -hmm. but he's the new man of the house. So they have to respect him as such. They don't have to love him. Right. They don't have to adore him, but they have to respect him as the man of the house and as the man that their mother chose. Absolutely. But they're not. And they're not respecting him because they don't respect their mother. Exactly. So they need to come together as a team and figure out what can we do to put these kids in a position where they have nothing to do but to respect us and but to listen to us. Him putting his hands on the sun, I don't know what precipitated that, Mm -hmm. but that might not be the way. And I'm not going to say that it wasn't necessary because maybe it was necessary in that Might situation. Uh-huh. I don't know if he was defending himself right. or if something got out of hand, mm-hmm. but that wouldn't be my first choice. That wouldn't be something that I would advise unless it was absolutely necessary. Right. He said he got into arguments with the daughter. I just think that the mother may be 
softer than what's necessary to get them to where they need to be. Right. So maybe the mother needs to sit down. Maybe the mother needs to sit down with the kids and have a conversation about the level of respect that they have to have for their stepfather. And then they may need to sit down and have a family conversation where the environment isn't hostile. A lot of times when there's a disagreement or when things are unsettled in a house or unsettled between two people, you come into like, let's say, okay, we're going to have a meeting of the minds. You come into that meeting with your guards up, with a defensive mindset. And it kind of breeds hostility. So when you sit down to talk, everybody is already anti. Right, hostile. You know, everybody's already a little Mm aggy. And then when the conversation starts, people are kind of coming at it from an angle of, well, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm fighting for myself. Like every man for himself in this conversation. And it can go left very easily. I'm thinking, I mean, this is what I would try first. I would try to invite the kids for a sit down mm-hmm. and I would let them know that at this point, everything that's happened, we're going to let them let that stuff go for the sake of this conversation. We're going to sit down. There's going to be no negativity. Like, let's let's really have a heart-to-heart. Let's, you know, put our feet up on the couch. Let's get some snacks. Let's sit back. Let's settle in it. And let's talk about how we really feel. Let's throw all the nastiness, all the negative out the window. Let's have a real conversation. Mm-hmm. Tell Kids, tell me how you really feel. Do you resent me for being here? Do you wish that your dad was here? Is that the reason why you talk to me the way that you do? Mm-hmm. If you do, I understand but it's not right. And it just means that the way that we're going to function as this little unit, as this little pseudo family, it's not going to be good for anybody. We're all going to be unhappy day to day to day until the day that you move out. So what we have to do is we have to figure out a way to coexist happily because no matter how hard you are and no matter how hard you are, you can't tell me that you don't want to live in this house or in this apartment happily. Right, but the problem is is the mother and birth dad have to gain the respect before the, the stepdad can come in here and say anything. Like, I think that's a conversation that the birth mom and birth dad should have first mm-hmm. and then the stepdad. Because in all actuality, the stepdad is, is not somebody that they really respect necessarily. But what I have to do without knowing that is I have to take for granted like you have to play devil's advocate Mm -hmm. I have to take for granted that the dad may be reveling in the fact that the kids don't like the stepdad right because a lot of relationships don't end gracefully so it's very possible that maybe the dad the real father the biological father can be looking at it like hmm Good for them. Right. That's what they get. True. You know, he may feel resentful. He may. So I don't want to draw him into this hypothetical situation that we're surmising might be taking place in their lives because 
I don't know what his role is. I don't know if he's alive. Right. I don't know if he's True. in jail. I don't know if he and the mother get along, if they don't get along, if he supports the new marriage, if he doesn't support the new marriage, right. if he's in his own marriage, if he has other kids. You don't know what their situation is. So I'm leaving him out of it. I just think that, well, if they can do it with his support and he's there and he exists and he's ready, willing, and able, that's wonderful. Correct. But. I'm just going to take for granted that he doesn't even exist. What they need to do in their house uh-huh. is handle their situation. Right. And I think it starts by making it okay for the kids to tell them how they really think and setting ground rules. Like during this conversation, we're not going to yell. We're not. And it. listen, even with you and I, that's like one of our ground rules and we've been at it for a long time and sometimes when we start to disagree mm-hmm. you know our volume starts to go up and we might start getting a little hyphy and right. you know so of course that's going to happen with teenagers the parents have to remain the parents they have to be the adults and they have to see what can possibly come along in this discussion ahead of time like you know that the kids their voices might get loud they might start being disrespectful they might start having an attitude but you know what it's because you're dealing with teenage minds right do you understand absolutely so you have to foresee that and you have to know how you're going to gauge it and when you're there you can't be in there on their level because you're grown you're not on their level they're on their level so you have to let them be on their level so when they start raising their voice it doesn't mean that you start raising your voice you know, when they start getting nasty, it doesn't mean that you combat them by being equally as nasty. You have to, this stepfather and this mother, and I don't know what her personality is, but if it hasn't been before, it has to be now that she begins to mentor her kids. Right. And he begins to mentor those kids, not even as a father, but just as someone that exists in their lives. And they have to start there they have to start building trust and something that can possibly grow into some form of love if the kids don't already love him and just treat him badly do you understand what i'm saying i see what you're saying it starts by a conversation it's sad that the dissension is so strong that he's considering and he's only been married for what a year and three months is it a year and is a that what months. you said uh-huh. that he's considering divorce because it's that you don't want to deal with the kids I understand. He don't want to deal with the disrespect. No, I understand. It must be that bad where you he just wants to leave. He's like, I just don't want to be. I'd rather just not be here. So opening the door while he's having sex with their mom is not an option. From the kids? <laughs> the kids doing that? No, I'm just saying. If I'm having sex with your mom, I open the door, let you see how I'm just smashing your mother. Rashawn, I, like, I can't with you. No, seriously, mm. you really need to stop. Hmm. You you really need to stop. Okay, but I'm just I'm no. Here. So yeah. So that wouldn't be a technique. Okay. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is that they just have to start by having an open dialogue and okay. making it okay for them to discuss how they really I see feel. What you're saying. I, I get I get it. I understand what you're saying. But but I think that he should fight for the relationship. He should fight for the marriage, and right. he should exhaust every technique and every possibility before he gives up on the marriage because for him to leave at this point 
means that he didn't really get married for the right reasons. It well, means that maybe she's fed. But no, of course. I mean, people get fed all the time. But when you take vows, I think a big problem is that a lot of times people don't take their vows seriously. Right. Like you know, through you know, richer or poorer, you know, thick and thin, like all <laughs> all of those. Like this is the thick, and what it got too thick, so now you're willing to leave. It it kind of implies that you didn't really take your vows seriously what happens when you know times get even rougher well, if people, they people ever get, get rougher fed, he might feel like she's not doing anything to control those kids and I think that that's a conversation that she needs to have I don't think that's a conversation that they both need to have in the room I feel like she needs to control those kids she needs she may to get, not be capable she well she needs to figure it out because they're not going to respect him than done. She needs until the they support. respect the mother you know and hopefully a conversation between them will allow her to gain that respect. Maybe not. Maybe that conversation that you said with maybe him in it, maybe it just needs to be the mother. But I think that for him to be comfortable, they have to respect her first. And then once they respect the mother, then they can start respecting the stepfather. No, I think that if the stepfather is strong enough, he can command enough respect himself, possibly. Well, especially if, the boy around especially if, he goes at it the right way. If the kids, because, you know, kids may be kids, but kids deserve respect as well. I you know, know, I try to go out of my way to show our kids respect. Mm -hmm. They're human beings, too, and they process disrespect the same way that adults do. Mm -hmm. So I think that if he approaches the kids with respect and he lets them know that when we sit down and we have this conversation, which hopefully turns into a series of conversations that they know that they're not entering a hostile environment, that they're entering a safe place where we can really talk about how we feel. And because I care about you guys, I really want to find a solution. I want to create an environment where everybody is happy and where we coexist and where we can grow to love one another. Right. Because who wouldn't want that? It all depends on the approach and how you come at somebody, you know, and the kids could be wrong as two left feet, but it's the adult's responsibility mm -hmm. to fix that and to create an environment where they're allowed to change and where they're allowed to, to be vulnerable right. and where they feel comfortable saying, you know what? I was wrong in that situation. And if he's been wrong in situations or if the mother's been wrong in situations where they can say, you know what? We've been wrong in these situations. When you see somebody accepting what they've done wrong, and I'm referring to the kids seeing the parents accept maybe things that they might have done wrong or things that they might have said that they shouldn't have, then it's a lot easier for the kids to say, okay, well, maybe I shouldn't have done this or maybe I shouldn't have done that. You know, especially if you're dealing with kids with egos. Like I've had that experience with Logan. Logan's very stubborn. Right. He's very pigheaded. He his pet peeve is to feel as though he's being treated unfairly. Right. And there's times where I've had to accept that I may have treated him unfairly. Mm -hmm. You know, especially if it's a problem between him and Madison because they bicker at times. You know, I've had to accept that and I've had to say, "You know what, Logan? Maybe I did treat you unfairly. If I did, I apologize." And as soon as I do that, I see his wall come down. Right. And then he's willing to say, all right, mom, well, you know, I apologize for, et cetera, because maybe I shouldn't have done, you know, whatever. When people see you be vulnerable, they're a lot more willing to be vulnerable themselves. And I think that that's where he needs to start. And then he needs to build from there. 
So right. that's that's what I that's my opinion. Well, if you're listening, I mean, you could go with Gia's advice. That might work. Or you can go my way, which might work a whole lot better. You ignore the kids, you worry about the mom, and hey, good luck with them. Did you really think that's good advice? Because I can't even move on. I, I really need to know if you're being serious. You don't think that's good advice. Good luck. Good luck. All right. Now it's time for the email of the week. I can't stand you this is a good today. One. This is a good one. Okay. You said this is what? This is a good one. No, no, no. You said this is argument of the week? Yes, argument of the oh, week. Okay. And this is a good one. You ready? Mm-hmm. This person didn't put her name. Hi, Gia and Envy. Oh, she actually did. Hey. Hey, uh, Gia and Envy. My name is Lauren. And I wanted to write in about my husband of five years. I love my husband so much. We have such a great relationship. Aw. My husband recently asked me to eat his ass. <laughs> Leave it up to you to pick this email, especially today. Okay. Why today? Good job. <laughs> because you're very simple today. Thinking about doing something when we get home? No, that's not the reason why. Oh. You're just... <laughs> anyway, my husband recently asked me to eat his ass while he jerks off. Awesome. I did it one time and he liked it. And now he's asking me to do it again. I asked if he is gay and he says, <laughs> hell no. And that he's not attracted to men. Uh-huh. She As a him. test, I stuck my finger up his butt. <laughs> this is this is true. And he had went off on me and got upset saying I was taking it too far. <laughs> Overall, I would like to know if him liking and wanting to get his ass eaten is a concern. I'm just sitting here shaking my head right now. I just <laughs> Hey Lauren. This is DJ Envy. Listen. Oh wow. If he likes it, continue to do it. I don't see nothing wrong with it. This is his sexual experience that he's sharing with his wife. There's things that he <laughs> likes and there's things that he doesn't like. If he's saying, hey, eat my bunky, I enjoy it. <laughs> you should eat his bunky. There's going to be things that men like that he wants to try. Wouldn't you rather he try it with you, Lauren, than try it with somebody else? So be open about it. And lick his bunky. It's that simple. <laughs> it is that simple. I mean, he might get to play with his lick his nipple. Lick his nipple. If he likes his armpit licked, lick his armpit. Uh-huh. You are his wife. You have to do these things once you said I do. <laughs> now, there's certain things that you can do to make sure for yourself that it's a better situation. Make sure his bunky is shaved. Make sure he you eat the bunkie out of the shower. And these might make you feel more comfortable. He doesn't like the finger, so don't do the finger. <laughs> Just do the tongue and eat the bunkie. It's that simple. Give him what he wants. And in return, uh, if you like certain things, you tell him what you like. Maybe you like your bunkie eating and you make him lick it. There's nothing wrong. It's a couple. You guys are married. And if you want to stay married, you have to share in each other's sexual experiences. It's that simple, right? <laughs> I agree. I actually agree with you. Uh-huh. I actually agree <laughs> agree with you. What? You know what it is? I think that sexually, people can't put other people in a box. With her, clearly, 
she was okay with the idea of doing it because she did it right. the first time, right? Correct. So this isn't about whether she likes it or doesn't like it. Her concern is that she thinks that he may be homosexual because he enjoys it. Mm-hmm. Lauren, her name's Lauren? Her name's Lauren. Lauren, that doesn't make him homosexual. <laughs> that doesn't make him homosexual. Um, it just means that you are stimulating a sensitive area and he enjoys it. You can't put people in the box. You have to respect... <laughs> What are you laughing no, at? No, you can't put people in a box, but you could lick his box. Go ahead. <laughs> you you have to respect the fact that there may be different things that turn him on. That he may fantasize about all different types of things and he may want to live them out with you. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with exploring, especially when you're exploring with someone that you love that is your partner and the two of you are the only people that you're exploring with. It's actually a beautiful thing and it can help grow your relationship. And the more open and honest you are and the more that you delve into different ideas and different fantasies, the more you may discover about yourself the sexier you may feel, the sexier he may look at you, and the sexier you may make him feel. And it'll do nothing but increase your sex life. Absolutely. And make it more fun. You just can't I don't think that um I don't think that people should be inhibited unless it's something that hurts them, mm-hmm. causes them pain, or that is unhealthy. Right. That has a propensity to cause later pain or later problems physically or so health wise or anything like that. But when it comes to that when it comes to that, there's nothing wrong with that if that's what he enjoys. And I personally feel as though when it comes to your sexual partner, and especially if you love them, that in a lot of ways you should conform to the things that they like. I think that we should do things as partners that we may not be doing backflips over, but as long as it's healthy and as long as it's safe, Mm -hmm. that it's okay to engage in and you should engage if it brings your partner pleasure. Right. So regarding, you know, it having anything to do with his sexual orientation, I don't think so. And I think he probably enjoyed when you used your finger, but he was probably just insulted because you already thought that he was gay. Right. And he probably thought that you were testing him. But if you had just gone with it and tried it and, you know, that way you would have been able to see whether he really liked it or not. I just think that he was being defensive. Absolutely. What do you think? Yeah, I just told you. I mean, I think that he enjoys it, and now he's scared to enjoy it. I think she needs to open up. I think she needs to really, really open up, because what's going to wind up happening is he's going to be looking for whatever he's looking for somewhere else, and that's not what you want. If you are his wife, and fella's the same, if your spouse likes something, you have to do it. Well, I don't want to say you have to do it. No, you have to do it. No, no, no. You don't have to do it. It yes, depends on what it is. If it's safe. Right. Well, if he likes his butt licked, lick his butt. 
Well, and I wouldn't even give that advice because I think that there are a lot of people, men and women alike, that may look at that and may be really um, turned off by the idea of performing that for somebody else. So everything isn't for everybody. Like what, I like what I'm butt? saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. What I am saying is, <laughs> if she doesn't have a problem with it, right. if it doesn't turn her off, if it's safe, then I think she should engage in the activity. So Lawrence Knight, just lick his butt. Make him feel good. Lick it good. Lick it real good. <laughs> <laughs> oh but good luck. But that's what you need to do. Just lick his butt. Enjoy it. What? Ready for me to go home and lick your butt? I'm just going to pretend that if I pretend that you didn't say something to me, that you'll just stop. So I'm just going to look off to the side and pretend that you're not talking. And I'm just going to continue. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you guys for listening. It's time to go lick some butt. Come on, Rashawn. What? 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 We're grown. <laughs> now, if you want to holler at us, you can always email us at thekccrew at gmail.com. That's T H E E. KC Crew at gmail.com. And don't forget, February 13th, the day before Valentine's Day, we are doing our live show in New York City, Caroline's on Broadway. You can hit up www.carolines.com to get your tickets. We're going to be talking about everything there. We're going to, it's the, uh, it's the love and laugh edition. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be talking about licking butts. We'll be talking about... No, we're not going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about... We just lied to you. Everything. And we're going to be taking your questions. So if you have a question maybe about licking butts or whatever it may be, we'll talk about it. We'll get in depth about it. We might even do a demonstration on stage. No, that's not going to happen. What? No demos. No demos? No demos. <laughs> but it will be a good time. I'm looking forward to it. I hope you guys join us. It'll be perfect for date night. So if you're looking for a place to take your spouse for Valentine's Day, you want to go the day before and you can hang out with us, we'll talk about everything. You just better be in a different form. Bus. No, you just better be in a different form that day. Because today you are in rare form. What? I don't know what's wrong with you today. You're you're in rare form today. I'm showing my ass? <laughs> That what you want to say? I'm showing my ass. No, you just, show my ass I don't know. Him. You're just, I don't know. You're not being very insightful today. What? Like, I don't know. You're being very surface today. I don't know what's gotten into you. I mean, I enjoy when you're surface sometimes, but today you took it a little too far, I think. All right, I'll make it up to you later. I'll lick your butt. <laughs> All right, well, we'll see you guys next week. Have a very Merry Christmas and uh, happy holidays. Uh, the 12 days of Christmas is going on now so I'm looking for a couple of extra jobs so if you're looking to hire me I'm looking to work <laughs> a little extra I won't be licking any butt still for money happy holidays beautiful people I like when you say that you gonna let me lick your butt how did you get that from that I don't know okay can we say goodbye just say because because people like when you say because and then I can lick your butt can't say it. <laughs> you don't want to say it no thank you for joining us everyone All right, it's the Casey crew.